best podcast to listen to for the latest in entertainment. I'm Martin Siegel, and today I'll be talking about the season finale of Hunting a Pale Out and so much more. I got a full slate for you today, so let's get started. What's up, guys? It is Friday, as always. I'm so excited. I got a... I, I, I have a lot to talk about today, so I want to get right into it. Um, I really want to unpack the season finale of Haunting of Hill House. Uh, yes, I have already talked about this series for two episodes now. And uh, um, so... I'm going to do a little, do something a little different. This is going to be a spoiler episode because I've said what I can in two episodes already of, oh, it's a great show. Cinematography is great, but like, so I just don't want to repeat third episode. In order to talk about this, I got to spoil it. So fair warning, spoiler episode. We're going to talk about the season finale and really unpack it. There's so much. How I would describe this episode, it's a roller coaster. It really is. There's lots of ups and downs, and you're like, what is happening? Um, I don't want this to be happening, but oh my goodness, oh, it's not, oh, it, it's all of that. Um, it really messes messes with your emotions. What's really interesting about this series is it's dressed up like a horror film, or a horror series, horror genre. Um, you have all these jump scares, but really it's more emotional and dramatic than anything uh so it's really hard to fit the series into one particular genre there's even a moment uh in this final episode uh the ghost of um i'm forgetting your name the ghost of the mom uh is literally having a conversation with Poppy's ghost, like the <clears throat> the 20s, like, flapper girl who um, was really kind of starting the whole haunting of, and, like, uh, really kind of controls the house. Um, and there's a moment when they're, like, having a conversation where Poppy's, like, trying to, uh, she's, she's, like, getting real close to um Hugh uh and then the ghost of the mom Olivia uh goes up and is like back away like he's mine back away and so uh Poppy like leaves but that moment of the two ghosts talking to each other is really interesting because that's something that you typically feel like you don't see in the horror genre Normally, horror genre is ghosts talking to humans or humans talking to ghosts. Um, more likely the former. Um, uh, you really don't see ghosts talking to ghosts. That's just not a thing you see in the genre a lot. So it's like, okay, is this horror or is this now kind of becoming more sci-fi because there's some more science involved with this, more science fiction of there's this other force that's making these worlds be able to communicate with each other. And for the, for a lot of it, you, you almost wonder if there is a sci-fi element because throughout the entire series, we were kind of predicting that maybe there's this element of time travel. They never really answered how, 
how um uh Nell as a girl was seeing her adult self haunting her like in the house and we were speculating maybe there's this element of time travel in the end I'm really happy that there was no element of time travel because that really would have ruined the series for me I was loving this horror genre um, and as soon as they did something like that, I'd be like, well, this is sci-fi and that's just not something that I, I, if you're going to start saying this is horror, this is horror, don't all of a sudden, all of a sudden at the end to be like, just kidding, it's sci-fi. Um, cause then, yeah, that if you're wanting to, you stick to the genre you want to be in. Don't just switch because it makes sense with the story, you know, um, and so I'm glad they didn't do that. So then you're thinking, like, these two ghosts talking to each other, is that, like, an element of sci-fi? Or is that just supposed to be a really creepy, dark moment? Um, that Ultimately, that's something that I was able to look past. Um, and I ignored that. It was fine. It was, like, five seconds long. Um, <clears throat> and I moved on. Uh But yeah, this this final episode, really the last two episodes, 9 and 10, were so much less about horror and more about drama and emotion. Because episode 9 has very little jump scares. Um, they're kind of there, but not really. Um, uh, and same with episode 10. It was... Those two episodes are specifically about the story, answering all the questions that you're wondering throughout the entire season, um, and the arc of the characters finally um, completing uh, throughout the entire series. It's about these these siblings who are haunted by their past. And I think that's just a really cool way. Because um, you could just tell the story of... Um, here's an example of like a story of someone being haunted by their past. Um, uh, a man is... Um, well, okay, a PTSD story. A man, is a, a man is experiencing PTSD from his time in the war. That is a story of someone being haunted by their past and they had to learn to like overcome that and stop thinking of that past and be strong again. And so that's essentially with this story. They're they're being haunted by um just the fact that they were a dysfunctional family. Um there are a lot of issues and their parents weren't really the best and that really just um had an effect on them as they were trying to become independent um, on their own because they're like, I got to get out of this family. Um, but that, that kind of sticks with them. And what's really cool is they say, all right, let's take that story, but let's make it a haunting. Let's make it a horror genre, which is really unique because normally when you're going to do horror, you're just saying, okay, we're going to do a story about uh, a house that's haunted and uh, the people can't leave. They can't escape. 
this is no we're doing a story about um uh people's past catching up to them um but we're mixing it with haunting and like i i don't know if i'm being confusing or not but i i think i'm explaining it fine i think it's just a really cool way to tell the story um it it really is unique um that it's so much more than just horror um So throughout episode 10, we're seeing all these flashbacks. Or not flashbacks, they're actually hallucinations. Um, in which, in one one thing that I thought was really cool about the production design was in Luke's hallucination, he's in a hotel room um, with the girl that he met at rehab. And there's a picture frame on the wall in the hotel um, with a blue butterfly. And I knew right away, I'm like, that butterfly is there for a reason. It means something. Um, and then I realized it's the butterfly effect. Um, which is the theory of you step on a butterfly, you're completely changing um, the course of history. So it's, it's, a, it's like a, that's the element of time travel. Um, where like, th the idea of the butterfly effect really comes from time travel is that you step on a butterfly, you go to the past, you step on a butterfly, you completely just change the future. Um, so, like, it, it's the element of, like, say, 11-22-63, um, the Stephen King novel slash Hulu series, where you're like, alright, we're going to change some things so that JFK never gets killed. And then, when you change that so he's never shot, how it drastically changed the future. Um... This haunting of Hill House has no element of time travel, but when they're they go back to the house, um, in this really scary but like eye catching, like you can't look away in this moment when every time we uh we get to one of the new brother one of like the new characters um when we're about to see what they hallucinate it starts with poppy going up to them they turn around they see poppy and poppy like touches their forehead and then they like faint um it just it was just like a little like ding and then they like pass out um that was like whoa that every time they did that like when she did to Theo, she did to Sh uh, Cheryl, um, all the kids, um, and then so when you when they pass out, it it transitions into this hallucination, where now they're in the red door room or the red room, but um, their bodies in the red room, but they're hallucinating, um, almost like REM, because uh, you can see like their eyes flickering. Um, and so what their hallucination is, like in Luke, so he's in the hotel room, uh, and the idea with the whole butterfly effect here is that um, this was a moment that we had previously seen uh, in the series, like prior and earlier episodes, and it ended one way in that episode, but it was more like, what if it had ended this way? 
would that have changed anything? Would that have changed anything about them? Um, Cheryl, Cheryl hallucinates about being in a bar in a conference for work. She, she's away from home. She's at a conference and she's, um, kind of in for the night and she just went to the bar in the hotel lobby and, uh, she meets this guy, uh, who start, they start talking and as soon as she sees the ring, a ring on this guy's hand, uh, who, by the way, is hitting on her, um, she's like, all right, we have just as much to lose because she's also married. And so she thinks, all right, we have ju- you have just as much to lose as I do. And so um, she cheats on her husband with this guy at the hotel and then never tells her husband. And so her hallucination is like, what if it ended differently? What if you didn't go to that room? go to the room with me um what if you had just said no thanks left and I went to your own room um would things be different and that uh that got her um that really was like her climax of the story of her story because um once she got out of the house she was safe and alive that was like all right I gotta come clean with my husband and say everything she's like I'm gonna be I'm going to start falling but I need you to be there with me as I'm falling like I'm gonna spill it all um all of them have these interesting hallucinations where you're like I remember that scene but yeah what if it ended this way it's just it's crazy um and what's really cool at the end is Theo, who's always wearing gloves in the entire season because when she's not wearing her gloves, if she touches people, she, like, just gets haunted by, um, by, like, everything that she experienced at the Hill House. Um, and so she's always wearing gloves, but at the end, she's like, you know, I don't need these anymore. I, I've accepted my past, and... I've gotten over it. And so she takes her gloves off and throws them in the trash, which is a really cool thing. It was more like a, yeah, you go like, all right. And like, uh, my friends that I'm watching with, we all just clap for like, you go Theo. <laughs> all right. Um, cause it was just this moment of her being strong and she's like, all right, I'm good. My mom's not haunting me anymore. My sister's not going to haunt me anymore. Literally like we and ended everything. Like we, we solved the issues of our past. We've resolved the issues of our past. Um, it really was an emotional end. Um, Steve, who had been in denial uh, throughout the entire season of everything that my siblings were seeing in that house growing up, they were all fake. Or they were all just imaginary, uh, imaginary like, like, there's nothing to worry about. Um, when he goes back as an adult to the house to try and rescue Luke in episode 10, and he sees everything. He sees the man that Luke talked about with the, uh, um, the tall man with the hat that, like, floats, or that, like, hovers above the ground. He doesn't actually, like, walk on the ground. <coughs> he, like, hovers when he moves. 
Um, that's when he's like, wait, this was all real. He even asked his dad, he's like, dad, what did I just see? Um, it, he has this cool, um, resolve at the end where he's like, all right, I can write this book about everything I experienced and we'll be fine. Um, You think almost, um, yeah, 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 he's like, I can write this book, everything will be fine, um, because he's come to terms with it, that it was a part of his past, so if he was trying to not deny it, and if he was trying to put all the blame on his father for what happened, he realizes he's just as much to blame, um, This series is dressed up like a horror genre. It is. Um, there are a lot of jump scares, a lot of images that stick in your head. There's one moment where uh, Cheryl's hallucination is she's at a funeral for herself and she sees her body like sit up and then look at her and starts clawing at her face and the eyes like disappear and now it's just like a mask with no eyes and she's just... And that's just clawing away at it. Um, it's this horrifying image, and that's like of episode ten. That's the image that like sticks with you the most. Um, so yeah, it's a horror genre, but um, or it's dressed up like one. But if you can look past that, I highly recommend this series because there's just so much emotion and drama to this that if you like shows like. Um, like the the hour long dramas on ABC or NBC um, or Fox, I think. Um, so like um, Empire, A Million Little Things, um, uh, This Is Us, um, especially This Is Us. If you like shows like that, you would love the story that's being told in Haunting of Hill House. You just kind of have to get past the all right. It's it's a horror genre. Um, because the series is so much more than that. I, I think Netflix does a phenomenal job with the series that they do. If you watch the movies that they produce, they're always hit or miss. Movies like um, Kissing Booth, garbage rom-com. Uh, they, they kind of hit it well with um, Two Other Boys I Loved Before and Sierra Burgess is a Loser. And those two films, they hit it well with. Um, but their movies in general are kind of hit or miss. There's one coming out with Vanessa Hudgens that I watched the trailer and I'm like, this is going to be bad, but like, I want to watch it. Um, so their movies are always hit or miss, but their series are always on point. Like The Crown and Haunting of Hill House and um, so much more. Um, the production value of this is incredible. And what's interesting to compare the show with is I'm also trying to watch, uh, in any free time I have, trying to watch Castle Rock on Hulu. I'm not very far in, but I've seen the first episode <clears throat> and can discern right away that these are two horror series, um, 
but they both look very different. The lighting and cam- the cinematography in general, so the lighting and the camera work are very different. Um, what's really... With Castle Rock, um, it... Castle Rock uh, is kind of what you would expect from a horror film in the sense of how, of how it looks, of how it looks. It's, it's very um, dark... Um, like lit wise, it's just it's a very dark scenes, um, and it it's just kind of static shots, um, on actors, uh, cutting from close up to close up, wide shot, whatever, um, and it's mostly about the editing. It's cut, 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 jump scare. Cue that with a music chord of just like boom, and you're like whoa, right? What do you expect? Um, but what's really cool about Haunting of Hill House is that it it's less about the editing and really more about the camera work and the and the lighting. Um, so yes, that show is also dark, but they really focus a lot on shadows, um, covering people's faces, um, dragging behind people. Um, there's just, there's a lot of play with shadows and color. Color has a, a lot to do with this series as well. Um, and then with camera work, it's let, it's not really close up, close up cut, other close up cut, um, like shot, reverse shot, anything like that. It's more, let's stay on these long takes, um, and rely more on the camera movement. Um, let's do some pans, let's do some tilts, let's do dolly shots and crane shots and all those slow movements. Um, visually, it's just a lot more interesting. There's so much in how it looks compared to like other horror films. It really is a well-produced show, and I highly recommend it. Alright, I think with that, I'm going to close the box box on Haunting of Hill House. I am done talking about this series for now. Um, who knows, maybe someday I'm going to get excited and want to talk about it more. But I think I'm done. I think I'm done. So, spoilers are done. Um, moving on. What I'm looking forward to. Uh, earlier this Tuesday, um, right? Monday or Tuesday? This week has gone by like a blur. I believe it was Tuesday. Pixar released an exciting new teaser for Toy Story 4. It's really interesting, but it's also really confusing. And it's so vague that you don't know what's happening. But we see the gang. um, They're all back together. Uh, It starts on like a cloudy sky panning down. And then you see Woody, and he has his arms stretched out, and then he kind of moves off screen, and holding hands is Buzz, and Buzz um, goes across the screen. And so it's kind of like all the toys, Jesse, Slink, um, everyone, they're all like holding hands um, in a circle, and they're just kind of like spinning around, and the camera's just like staying still, letting them go past the camera. Um and uh, 
it reaches to the end where you see this spork who's all of a sudden interrupts all the music and is like, I don't belong here. And then like, let's go. And everyone starts panicking. It's really confusing. I had to watch it like five times because I was so confused. But he's like, I don't belong here. I'm a spork or something like that. And then, um, and then it just like pans up to the sky and then the Toy Story 4 logo appears and it's just like, okay, that was a thing that just happened. Um, and you're like, interesting. Um, I'm seeing on YouTube, there's already like people talking about Sporky um, or Forky, I guess his name is Forky. Um, uh, there are some like YouTube vloggers that are doing episodes on him. Um, it's 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 quite an interesting thing. The other thing about it is um, uh, uh, just the song that's playing throughout it. Um, this is it. Uh, this is like the song that you hear. So this is, um, I just looked it up. It's, it's Both Sides Now by Judy Collins. Um, and then, he, uh, so you're seeing all the characters. You're seeing Rex, you're seeing Ham, you're seeing the aliens, um, Slinky. Uh, and then the text goes across saying, next summer. Um, yeah, next summer. Like, And you're like, all right, Toy Story 4. You're getting all excited and then this happens. I don't belong here! Everyone like crashes into each other because the fork like let go. And he's just like, I'm not a toy. So it's really confusing, and you're like, what was that? Because it's so vague, but you're like, where is that fork coming from? Um, and then just the next day... You're kidding me. He said that to your face? To my face. And then what happened? So I get real close, right? Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. like, I don't care which cabbage patch you're from, kid. Oh. <laughs> Give me back my Viewmaster before I knock the dimples off your face. Oh! Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, okay. No, you didn't. You don't even care, ah, man. Yeah. Hey, you are a I don't care bear. So, this teaser is <clears throat> almost what seems like it could be a scene from the actual movie, but it might just be specifically made for for this trailer, um, because they they say, "Oh, Toy Story Four is back." Did you hear? And they're like, wait, no, I thought there was only three movies. And they're like, no, yeah, there were, but now there's a fourth. And so I think it, the setting may be a scene in the movie, but this is not a particular scene from the movie. Um, <clears throat> it, it features uh, Key and Peele, Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele, um, as the stuffed animal 
prizes that you get at a carnival and they're just kind of hanging out. The carnival's closed um, and they're alive because all the humans are gone and they're just hanging out talking. And then Woody and Buzz appear and like interact with them. But that was, this shows even more um, info. Uh, it tells us that Key and Peele are going to be in this film. Um, it tells us there's some interaction with a carnival. Um, I still don't know what this is about. Um, I know for a while they were talking about Toy Story 4 being about Bo Peep and where she is, why she wasn't in Toy Story 3. But I think there was also this possibility for rewriting. And so that might not be the case anymore. Um, according to IMDb, it's when a new toy called Forky joins Woody and the gang, a road trip alongside old and new friends reveals how big the road can be for a toy. Um, so a road trip, that's interesting. So Toy Story 3, um, all the toys aren't with Andy anymore. They're with, um, with like the neighbor girl, um, I think her name was Bonnie. Um, and so, are we going off of that, I hope? Or are we forgetting about that? Does she go on a road trip and brings all of her toys, and so now they're, like, seeing everything? And why Forky? Why, who is he, and why is he a thing? Um, uh, this is an entirely new director, uh, Josh Cooley, um, uh, Toy Story 3 was directed by Lee Unkrich, who did Coco, but um, Josh Cooley was like the voice of Jangles in Inside Out and Omega and Up. He, I think this might be his first director's. So he um, did do some shorts um, for Pixar, but this is his first feature directing credit which is really exciting and really cool um yeah but uh Bo Peep voiced by Annie Potts is in Toy Story 4 um which is interesting because she was not in Toy Story 3 so she does I think maybe they wrote a script about like oh let's find Bo Peep and then they changed some stuff and so that part of the story is still in there but it's not really the main story anymore um, but yeah that's what I'm looking forward to Toy Story 4 um, as always my song pick of the week I was I don't know I uh I haven't really heard any new music lately. Um, but this song is always puts put, puts people in a good mood. Um, and that's just the kind of song I wanted this week. It's What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. Um, listen to it on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Google Play, anywhere you get your music. Um, and just get in a good mood. It's Friday. The weekend's here. Um and if you're in college, it's almost Thanksgiving and you get a break. Well, I guess if you're in school in general. Um, so, yeah, 
that is my song pick of the week. That's all I have for this week. As always, make sure to follow Real Talk on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts and leave a review to help attract new listeners. Those really do help. And follow Real Talk on Facebook for the latest updates so that you never miss any Thank you for listening, and I'll see you again next week.